Wednesday, February 28, 2018, started just like any other day in the life of Eldon Cooper, but it sure didn't end that way. Eldon and his wife, Deborah, live on about 25 acres in the community of Clark Ridge, Arkansas. Earlier in the day, Eldon had told his wife he would meet her at church for Bible study at 6 o'clock that night. He never made it. I'm George Rath with Air One. They had had quite a bit of rain in recent days, and at around 5, Eldon thought he would check on the pond to see how the dam was holding up. I jumped in my tractor. It has a full cap, so it has heat. Drove down there and looked at it, and it seemed to be holding well. Went to the far end where the overflow is, and water was going around that quite rapidly. Uh, looked like it was about a four-foot drop-off, so I didn't try to take the tractor through that. I just decided to back up off the dam, which I've done before lots of times. But this time, it would be much different. As I was backing up off the dam, it's probably about maybe 75 yards. Uh, That's when the story really uh, got interesting to me. On the left side, I've got the main part of the pond. On the right side, I've got the valley where the uh, creek runs down. More of a hillside on the right, uh, straight down, pretty steep angle. It goes down pretty good ways, about 20 feet. So uh, as I was backing up, my rear left tire, and keep in mind the pond's on my left side, my rear left tire got too close to the edge, and uh, it broke the edge off. Of course, all that rain didn't help, and the tractor settled down about 18 inches it dropped down in the rear. Eldon knew this wasn't good. There were several possibilities at this point, but the one inevitable would change his life forever. Initially, I'm sitting there. I drop my bucket to the ground to try to help stabilize it. I've got one door. The door happens to be on the pond side. I looked around the cab, looking to see if there's anything I could do, any way I could get out. Remember, I was only going to be gone for a minute because I had to meet my wife at at 6. This happened after 5 p.m., and so I didn't take my cell phone. I didn't take anything down there with me. So I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm a great swimmer. Do I try to jump out and swim away from the tractor before it? It decides to roll because it was real unsteady. Or do I just sit here and and hope help comes? But I didn't have long to think about it, and the tractor decided to roll over. And as it was rolling over, it all happened in slow motion. I looked around. I had my seatbelt on. There was not a whole lot I could do. There was a rear uh, quarter panel window, like on an extended cab pickup. On the uh, right side, the tractor's rolling to its left. So I opened that window up. I could reach over there and kind of push it out. It only opened about two inches. And I thought, you know, if the tractor stops and that's above water, at least that'll give me some air. But tractor didn't stop. It went in the water and uh, immediately started filling up with water. Now, I had my seatbelt on, so uh, it wasn't just a, a couple of seconds, and I was underneath the water. But I waited until the tractor stopped moving before I got out of my seatbelt. And as I got out of my seatbelt, I swam up to the top where there was an air pocket. The water was still rising in the tractor. And as the water was rising, my air pocket kept shrinking. So how high did the water climb? It got up to about my nose and it stopped. And I could look out the window and I could see the level of the pond, the waves on the pond. And uh, I had to tilt my head back about a 90-degree angle to keep my mouth and my nose out of the water. And I literally had an air pocket 
the size of a shoebox. As you might expect, some anxiety started to take over. Well, I'll tell you my initial thought. I started to panic. Just as I was starting to panic, I started praying. I started praying to God. I said, God, I need your peace. God, please give me your peace, that peace that passes all understanding. And you know what? Almost instantly, he gave me that peace. And I settled down internally. I stopped trying to breathe too hard. I could actually think clearly because before that, I was very close to a full-blown panic. When I settled down, I looked around. I started to assess my situation. First thing I thought is, I'm not going to be at church tonight. I'm going to miss church. Eldon is stuck. He's not going anywhere. He has a shoebox-size air pocket, and nobody knows where he is. So how long has this ordeal gone on so far? By my uh, estimation, I left the house around 5, so this probably happened about 5.15 is when the tractor went in the water. And this is probably about within 10 minutes all this happens. Now, the water's very cold. This is February 28th. They estimate the water was around... 45 to 49 degrees. And, you know, the strange thing is I never really felt cold. Not like you would think of. I guess I was thinking about other things. But I realized that I was in a totally helpless situation. I could not do anything on my own. If I was going to survive this, it was going to be God. But I do remember thinking that If I didn't survive it, I would be okay. But I started praying. I prayed to God. I prayed uh, that he continued his peace that he'd already given me. I prayed for my family and friends, my kids, my wife, the rest of my family would be okay. I prayed for God's will to be done, whatever it was, for his will to be done. And I prayed that whatever happens, something that would come out of this that would be good, that would glorify God. I don't remember praying anything else. I don't remember begging for my life. As hypothermia is setting in, Eldon recalls two things before losing consciousness. A, the sun was still up pretty high, and I heard a clicking, and it, it was the flashers. The flashers came on on the tractor. I didn't know how you turned them on even, because I'd only had this tractor about five weeks up to this point. But later on, I went and looked, and it's a rotary switch. So there's no way I could have bumped it with my knee or my elbow or anything, made it come on. And uh, they came on. This thing's upside down in the water, and the flashers come on. I thought for sure that was a God thing. And then I remember looking out the window, and it still seemed pretty bright out. And that's the last thing I remember. Somehow in his unconscious state, Eldon kept his nose and mouth above the waterline. His wife, Deborah, got home about 7.15. Eldon had already been in the water almost two hours. She saw his cell phone on the table, but no Eldon. She grabbed a flashlight, a first aid kit. She actively started to look for me, which was very important because time was of the essence. But she found me. She called 911 at 7.29. She found the tractor between 7.15 and 7.29. She saw the lights flashing. She thought I was dead. She had to go back up the hill to get cell service because it was in a low area, and we live in a rural area. So she had to walk a couple hundred yards back up the hill to call 911. Well, the call went out over the radio at 731, and the first responder arrived at 738.
family, friends, and pastors from their church were praying up at the house. Over the next hour and a half, emergency workers would try to figure out if Eldon was alive and what their options were. What happened is my brother got there, and one of the, the lieutenant from the sheriff's office got there, and they jumped in a side-by-side four-wheeler, went down there to the pond. Evidently, he yells out my name and says, Eldon, if you're there, make some type of noise, say something, let us know you're there. And I must have made some type of sound. They said it sounded like a very deep-throated grunt or something like that. Heck, it could have been God made a sound. Either way, I did it twice. And when I did it the second time, that firefighter who had been the first to arrive on the scene jumped on a wheel that was submerged, looked over on the outer part of the tractor, and then he could see my head. He saw my head, and he uh, grabbed a club from the deputy, and he was able to break the window about a foot below my head. And uh, that point, I was unresponsive, but I was breathing. They got me out, got me to the shore. They didn't have an ambulance down there, so they got me in the back of uh, that firefighter's pickup and drove me up the hill. He said he remembers me being very cold, not saying anything, and uh, not being able to talk, but my eyes were open. They started working on me, and and they started heating me up. And I was uh, admitted to the hospital about 9.40-ish p.m., somewhere around that time frame, to the ER. Uh, so from about 5.30 to about 9.00 is how long I was in the water. With Eldon being unconscious all that time, being rescued and admitted to the hospital about four hours after the ordeal all began, he woke up. In the hospital at 1.30 in the morning. I remember 1.30 because they were trying to get an IV started and because all the blood had left my extremities. And I do remember I had that tube down my throat to keep my airway open, and it was very uncomfortable. And I do remember them trying to do the IV, and I was like, do you guys want me to do that? <laughs> you know, jo- have, jokingly, I startled them because I was not supposed to wake up. I was actually in a chemically induced coma, and I woke up out of that. It wasn't too long, and they were able to get the breathing tube out of me to where I could actually talk to them, and they got the IV started and everything. So, But anyway, 1.30 in the morning. So from before it got dark, somewhere around 5.30, 5.35, is when I would have passed out until 1.30 in the morning. I don't remember anything. So the question most of us would have in Eldon's position would be, why me? Eldon has an answer. The only uh, explanation I can come up with about the recovery and everything is that God's not done with me. He's got something that he wants me to do. And right now, the first thing I think I've got to do is share this story. God does perform miracles. Even in this day, Old Testament-style miracles that a lot of Christians think he doesn't do that anymore. That's stuff he did back in the Old Testament or in Jesus' times. But he does do that, and he's actively involved in our lives, and he is in control, and he loves us, and he has a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. I can tell you I don't deserve this any more than anybody else. I'm no better than anybody else. If it wasn't for his grace, his mercy, his power, and his love, I would not be sitting here talking to you 
right now. A series of what appear to be miracles saved the life of Eldon Cooper. As you heard, he gives God full credit. I'm George Rath with Air One. Thanks for listening.